0: In the name of the one who calls to us, amen. I find myself wondering today about those fishermen and about the word immediately. Jesus called two brothers, Simon and Andrew, and immediately they left their fishing and followed him. He called two more brothers, James and John, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed Jesus. Now, Jesus must have been pretty compelling in person, right? But they followed him immediately? No cost-benefit analysis? No family meeting? Did they not deliver the daily catch to the people who awaited their fish? Or go and kiss their mothers goodbye? Did they not interview Jesus or ask for his credentials or negotiate a discipleship contract in which all parties were clear on the terms from that point forward? No, they did not. Not as far as we can tell from Matthew's report. They simply, immediately, followed him. It feels rash, doesn't it? In our world, these are poor businessmen. They are irresponsible sons. What must be missing from their story for this to be right? Well, I think there are more clues here than a first glance suggests, and I can't dive into all of them, nor do I probably see all of them. But let's take a look at the beginning of today's Gospel. Jesus had just found out about the arrest of John the Baptist, so he withdrew from Galilee where John had been imprisoned and literally continued preaching John's message in Galilee. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is not the first time that people have heard this. It must have been very interesting to anyone who had been paying attention to John, which quite possibly included those fishermen. The kingdom of heaven was coming. Someone greater than John was coming to facilitate it. They had a deep yearning for this. Change was in the wind, a change worth watching for. When Jesus showed up on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, my hunch is that those fishermen immediately recognized the change that they were waiting and aching for immediately saw a new kind of love, immediately knew the direction in which to go. Zebedee may have even said to his sons, go, leave me, be a part of that change. Sometimes knowing is beyond explanation or reason. My hunch is that we have all been there, too, in some way in our lives. Maybe you worked and worked and worked to find your home, in whatever way you think of that word, home. And then when you walked into the place where you now reside, you immediately knew it was right. Maybe you searched for a job for a painfully long time, disheartened by dead ends. And then there was a moment of invitation or realization that you immediately knew where you would next live out your vocation. Someone at the 8 o'clock talked about going through all of the research and cost-benefit analysis of a new stage in life, and then immediately at the wheel of her car, she knew. It often happens driving, I think. I can offer you a few examples from my own life of times when really heavy work and processing led to immediately knowing, and I offer these to you In case they pull something up out of your own life that feels similar. One, 15 years ago, shortly after I met Greg Gettle, I was in deep discernment about marriage. I spoke with couple after couple about the highs and lows of married life. I met with my favorite priest regularly, and I met with my godfather regularly. I prayed for clarity. I worked so hard to know, and then one day... All the laboring stopped. I immediately knew I would marry Greg, and there was great joy, and we got married. Two, throughout my life as an adult Christian, I have agonized over the concept of a tithe. How did my parents manage to give 10% of what they had away? Giving the first tenth of what's been entrusted to me always felt ideal, but unrealistic, I inched toward it. I felt guilty. I felt justified in holding back. I kept chewing on it mentally. And then one day, I immediately knew that it was the right thing to do and that it was possible. I saw clearly that I wanted the work of the body of Christ in church and disaster zones and good organizations to have my first fruits. Not Amazon Prime or the stock market or any other part of the secular empire that did not give me life. So I started to give 5% back to the work of the church and another 5% to the work of God where I saw it happening elsewhere in the world. And immediately I felt liberated from the spiritual weight of my own perfectly justifiable greed. This fall I agonized over the possibility of leaving you Of leaving this place I didn't know what to say when St. Paul asked me to be their rector I had done all the footwork and all the research and yet I simply didn't know And then a few days later I immediately did know And I was filled with joy I think Jesus knew I wasn't going to get out of this wonderful boat unless I saw him standing on the shore calling to me, calling me to something new and inexplicably compelling. It is so important that we don't, don't lose sight of the story before the word immediately crops up. <clears throat> Otherwise, we hear that they immediately followed Jesus and we think, that doesn't happen in my life. But it does We can't lose sight of the process, not in our lives, not in the scripture, not in any serious endeavor, because we are called to the grappling, the yearning, the wondering, the praying for clarity, the footwork, the process of exploring and discovering and residing in the uncomfortable place of not knowing for a while. And then when Jesus shows up on the shores of our lives to call us in a certain direction, we are called to immediately say yes. And our yes will cost us. Otherwise, what good is it? It will cost us comfort. It may cost us relationships. Your yes to one opportunity will cost you the possibility of another opportunity. Our yes to generosity forces us to give up amenities in our lives. Our yes to volunteering costs us time and energy. Our yes to protecting the environment costs us so many conveniences. My yes to St. Paul's cost me my place here with you. The fishermen had to leave behind their livelihood, their father, their predictable lives. Following Jesus is costly. If being here in this community doesn't cost you something, you may as well be at a country club. If it does, if you are stretched, if you have made sacrifices to follow your heart to this place, then your ears are tuned. Your eyes are watching. Your heart has heard a stirring and awaits an answer. You know that you are ready to leave things behind, to make sacrifices, to let go. Something in you knows that these losses only make sense because there will be joy. There will be evolution. You are offering yourself to the work the work of Christ in this world. You are doing the footwork. You are ready to hear and act at the sound of Christ's voice in your life. You are standing ready at the threshold. Ready to in your boat so that when Jesus shows up on the shore and says follow me I will show you where to go you will immediately know and act this is my hope for each of us forgive me if I have articulated it in a way that does not resonate with you I know it it is manifest differently in each of our lives But I also know this, I know that there is one universally essential ingredient and that's this, that we need to be willing to look up. They looked up from their nets. We need to look up from the tasks of our everyday life, from our devices from our preconceived notions, from our justifications, from everything we feel sure about. We must look up. And when we see Christ standing on the shore calling to us, we must allow the immediate knowing to fill us and take us to a new place. Amen.